What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, this show focuses each and every single week on exposing injustice in this nation's oh-so-broken criminal justice system. But there's more. Felony Friday is not the only show that we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. We have two other shows. Every Monday, we have a show hosted by Mark Clare. He brings on leaders in the Liberty movement. He hosts roundtable discussions with other Lions of Liberty. And every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land, hosted by Brian McWilliams, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. Check both those shows out. Get Felony Friday. Get both of those shows and Felony Friday delivered to your magical listening device, also known as your phone, by subscribing through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know what your favorite podcast place is. Just go there and subscribe. We appreciate you guys listening. We really do. And we appreciate your support, not just from listeners, but from uh, members of our Lions of Liberty Pride, our Patreon subscribers group, which you can join by going to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. That support through Patreon had allowed us last week to go to Porkfest, which if you're in, if you're in our Patreon group, then you got tons of bonus content. You heard the uncut edition of our live podcast, which aired on Monday. And it's going to send us to, as you're listening to this right now, Mark Clare, the host of our Monday show, and myself are on our way to New Orleans for the Libertarian National Convention. We're going to cover the convention. We're going to cover the event taking place on Saturday, the Take Human Action event hosted by the Mises Caucus. And we're just going to talk to people have fun, do random interviews. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. And we can do it all because of our Pride members. So thank you guys so much. I want to get to the show because it's a great show. You're going to enjoy the content. It's a little bit different than normal. Um, Not your typical guest, but it's definitely relatable. And it definitely ties into injustice. So with that being said, I want to tell you where the show notes page is, where you can find links and all that good stuff about what we're going to talk about today. You can find that at lionsofliberty.com slash FF130 because it's tricky. I know this is episode 130. That's how we do the, uh, the old naming convention there. So check that out. Let's get rolling with the interview. My guest today on Felony Friday is Alan Collinge. Alan is the founder of Student Loan Justice. It was founded back in 2005. Now, Student Loan Justice, the website is studentloanjustice.org. It's a grassroots organization dedicated to returning standard consumer protections to student loans. Alan has written numerous articles and editorials on the topic, and he's also published uh, The Student Loan Scam back in 2009. 
Now, he was selected as one of the seven financial heroes by CNN and Money Magazine in uh, December 2008. He's appeared on many cable news shows, and he's broken numerous news items. I should say student loan justice has broken numerous news items in the press with their research and findings regarding conflicts of interest in the student loan system, student debt levels, default rates, corporate lobbying, and other areas. Alan, welcome to Felony Friday. It's great to be with you, John. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Alan. Um, and it might seem a little bit different. I don't know. Some of my listeners might be thinking, you know, what's going on here? It's just Felony Friday. Normally, we're talking about the criminal justice system. But I think as we start to talk about this, people will understand why I wanted to bring you on. Um, because really, even though it's not a criminal justice issue, this is a justice issue. And this is a, definitely an area where people are suffering from injustice at the hands of the federal government. So as we get into this, I think that will start to make more sense for the people listening. And Alan, before we uh, get into the content, content here and start talking about student loan justice, um, I just wanted to give you some time to introduce yourself and maybe talk about how you got interested in this in this area? I mean, why why did you choose student loans to become so passionate about? Sure, um, I am essentially an accidental, reluctant activist. You know, I had my own student loans in college, uh, and after college, I had ironically started working for a federal lending program under the Department of Transportation. And so just all my education is in engineering, but I got some quite good banking skills as a result of my work with this government guaranteed student, uh, sorry, uh, lending program. I sniffed out something horribly awry with the student loan system back in 2004. Um, you know, I had my own loans, my own experiences. And what I found was a big government essentially monopoly uh, on borrowing money for college. Um, you know, the private banks only consist of maybe eight or 10% of the market. Uncle Sam controls this market. And unlike every other type of loan in this country, student loans are uniquely vacated of constitutional consumer protections like bankruptcy rights, like statutes of limitations, uh, fair debt collection practices, truth in lending laws. Um, you know, bankruptcy for one is included in Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution. You know, the founders, uh, who they themselves were being completely screwed by British banks and merchants, called for uniform bankruptcy laws ahead of the power to declare war, ahead of the power to raise an army, ahead of the power to coin currency, and form a judiciary. And so, this was taken away uniquely from student loans, and it has given the government a license not only to steal. Let me just jump in there, Alan, and uh, inter interrupt you, sorry for that, and ask you a quick question here, because you're talking about the constitutional aspects of it, of, uh, the, of the founders really uh, putting a priority on having fair bankruptcy laws. So where did that diversion occur, and how did it occur? How did we end up with unfair bankruptcy laws? Yeah, it's a great question. It started with this government-sponsored entity called Sally May. So it was part government, part private company. They, what they did was they repurchased loans from banks on behalf of the federal government. 
but at the same time, they were allowed to make a profit. And so what happened over time was the Sally Mae executives saw an opportunity to make a lot of money. <laughs> and they said, hey, you know, if we can just uh, nibble around the edges of bankruptcy, first they restricted it to a waiting period of five years, then they extended it to seven years. Well, by 1998, uh, not only was bankruptcy essentially completely gone from student loans, also statutes of limitations were taken away. So it became a debt from which there was no escape, not through bankruptcy, not through waiting out the clock. Uh, and it essentially gave the government a license to steal. And so while I'm pointing the finger at these sort of bad banks, I have to say, President Obama federalized the entire lending system. So now the, those bad guy banks are relegate, relegated to only servicing loans. They no longer make the interest on the loans. The chief beneficiary of this lending program, they make all the interest and interest alone at this point is somewhere around 90 or $100 billion per year. And they have none of the consumer protections that every other lender for every other type of loan has to contend with. That's interesting. So, I, I, I knew that there were, the vast majority of loans were now federal. I didn't realize they were all federal loans at this point. So what happened? What did Obama do? Because the banks did have loans. Did the federal government essentially buy those loans? Or how did that? The banks would make the loans. They would make the interest on the loans. Um, and in fact, the federal government would subsidize the banks and give them a little bit of extra interest here and there. So what Obama did was kick these banks out of the system entirely so that the money, the, the loans originate now from the federal government. Uh, and so, you know, I would call it a monopoly, but this is the government we're talking about here. So I'm not sure what you'd call it. Uh, but the harm that this is doing to the citizenry is just, uh, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. And by the way, you know, people talk about, you know, the snowflake students and so on and so forth. And I want to just dispel that notion because a lot, like most of the people in our group, for example, they tend to be fairly conservative. They didn't study nonsense degrees. They're not sort of pie in the sky people. These are just normal, decent people who fell into this predatory government lending trap. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing cases where somebody borrows $20,000 and all of a sudden that loan will explode if something goes wrong and that loan will explode from 20,000 to, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000, just these absolutely astronomical add-ons to the loans. And the citizens have no recourse, you know, um, what are you going to do? Are you going to run away from the federal government? It's pretty hard to do. Uh, the collection powers that the government has are, more strong than any uh, crime syndicate that you can point to. They can garnish your social security. They can garnish your wages. Uh, they can garnish even your disability checks if you happen to be disabled for the rest of your life, all without a court order uh, and with essentially no oversight. There's no checks. There's no balances. Uh, it's a it's the worst sort of big government monstrosity that I could even point to. And it's getting even worse now. You know, the balances are exploding, but the government is getting even nastier. They're actually starting to arrest people who fall, uh, who fall short on their payments. Really? Uh, 
So this is becoming a criminal justice issue. It is. Yes, indeed. It is becoming a criminal justice issue. Yeah. Can you share, can you share a couple of examples? Cause that's, that's really terrifying. Wow. Well, let me, well, let me first start with uh, the fact that the government, uh, sorry, the department of education, which runs this whole thing acquired a pretty large number of shotguns, 17 armored, armored personnel vehicles, and they have access to federal marshals and SWAT teams. So there's a little district, well, not a little, uh, a federal district uh, near Houston, Texas, where they are literally showing up at people's homes with SWAT teams, arms, dr- weapons drawn, and they're dragging these people from their homes because of uh, student loans. Mm-hmm. So the one case that I know about, um, the original amount was like $3,000. So they came and they got this guy. They dragged him to the federal detention center. Um, he couldn't leave until he agreed, uh, made some sort of agreement to repay not $3,000, but something like seven or $8,000. So uh, a big chunk of that went to the court. A big chunk of that went to the federal marshals. Uh, and then the rest went, yeah, to pay off the loan. And the last I checked, they were scheduled to arrest, uh, they were planning to arrest uh, up to 1,500 people just in the Houston area alone. So, you know, when President Johnson in 1965 announced the lending system, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, these loans are going to be free of interest. And, you know, it was a great speech and sounded like a very worthwhile government endeavor. Now, flash forward. 50 years and we're seeing people dragged from their homes by SWAT teams. I mean, these are student loans we're talking about. These are not, you know, nuclear launch codes. These, are, you know, this is not uh, serious, you know, uh, homeland terrorism. Uh, these are student loans and you know how badly the government has abused this power. It just is astonishing. We don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. Those epic words from Archilochus can sum up your ability to succeed or fail in business. I want to recommend Conversation Mat Time to our listeners as a way to hone your one-on-one conversation skills in a role-playing session that can help take you to the next level. During 25-minute sessions, you'll work through the best way to approach that raise, that interview, or that relationship with a practice professional that will provide the confidence and experience you need to get paid what you're worth or take that interpersonal risk you've never been able to conquer. Just like in jiu-jitsu, the difference between a novice and a black belt is mat time. Train to win. Visit conversationmattime.com and take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation just for listeners of this show. Yeah, and it really is, it's it's so dangerous. I mean, we could talk about this from so many different angles. I, I think the one area where I think a lot of people um, would be interested in talking about, and maybe there's a little bit of controversy and disagreement, so I think it's worth talking about. I know Bernie Sanders, for example, and other progressives have talked about forgiving student loans, maybe even to the point of forgiving it all the way. Everyone's student loan is just forgiven. Um, what is the approach? What is the, you know, the stance that, that your group, Student Loan Justice, takes on that part of the issue? Well, officially, people like Bernie Sanders, uh, Hillary Clinton, and, the, uh, and others. So what they called for in the last election was free tuition. And that was nonsense. That was a bunch of 
uh, I'm going to say liberal nonsense. What they were actually proposing was creating a new pot of tax money for the colleges to draw from. They left the lending system completely intact. So while maybe tuition would have gone to zero, the colleges would have jacked all of their other fees, dormitory fees, uh, all their other billable things that they can bill the students for. At the end of the day, the students would have been borrowing as much as they ever were. It's just the college would have been making that much more money. So that is, was a complete boondoggle. Um, now, more recently, we are yeah hearing um, a lot of grumbles about, well, it may be time to cancel all the debt uh, or forgive all the debt. I think, you know, I've been doing this for 13 years now, and I mean, first of all, there's a little bit of moral hazard about just okay, everybody, student loans are done, you know, delete the debt. Um, and so, you know, philosophically, you know, I, I have some struggles myself with that. The more moderate and rational solution is to simply return the bankruptcy rights that the founders demanded ahead of the power to declare war, et cetera, et cetera, and make this a rationally priced, good faith, fair lending system. Um, that is the obvious choice. Um, However, you know, I don't know how much longer I can sit and watch the government just rape the country and wreck another generation with debt. Um, you know, at times I've been, frankly, I've been really tempted to literally go to Boston Harbor, take my student loan papers and throw them in the drink and, you know, drown this lending system in the tub. Uh, you know, um, somebody said, uh, that government should be small enough to take to the bathtub and drown if needed. <laughs> you know, I have to say that we may be at that point now, I'm, I'm, I'm beckoning back to uh, Grover Norquist, of course. Uh, and we may be reaching that point. I hope that we can find a stable, rational solution rather than have to go to extremes like that. Um, because when you talk about doing stuff like that, you're in pretty uncharted territory, and uh, I think it would be a great tragedy if we had to go that way. Um, however, I think it at some point the citizens sort of have a duty to stand up to the government and fight back by whatever means you know are necessary. If it gets to the point where we're literally de dealing with a, a tyrannical system, mm -hmm. and I would argue that we are getting quite close to that precipice as we speak. Oh, we're definitely we're definitely close to it. I mean, you've seen with uh, President Obama was famous for saying everyone who wants to go to college should be able to go to college. When in reality, and we're seeing it right now, if you look at the trade industry, I know many people in the trade industry who they can't they can't fill the jobs. There's just so much demand right now. The people who are in it are making a killing, and most of them have barely any student loans. Some of them none, and they're just raking in money. But and this isn't just Obama. I mean, this is really the whole government structure and really a whole generations have, have bought into this idea that everyone needs to go to college. You have to go to college. You have to get that degree. And it's just kind of been a self-fulfilling prophecy that's taken us down this road. But what it's done, like, like you're saying, is it's locked people in. And once they have you by that student loan, you can't get out. You're you're, I hate to use this term, but I'm going to use it. You're a slave to that student loan. You know, you're, you're exactly right. And again, you know, I, the, more, the older I get, the more I look at this, the more I go back to the founders. You know, John Adams said 
two good ways to conquer and enslave a country. One is by the sword. The other is by debt. And I'm looking at this student loan monstrosity, and I have to say, John Adams was absolutely correct. I mean, what, a, what better instrument is there to keep the citizens discouraged, uh, vulnerable, um, meek, and mild, and subservient? Uh, student loan is right up there. And, um, and, you're, and, you're, and you're right. I mean, the college degree of today, probably, I'm going to say half are just nonsense. Uh, the things that you need a degree for today, you know, in World War II, if you want to be a nurse, you go to a hospital, six months later, you're a nurse, right? Um, and with many of the other professions, similarly, today, you've got to have like a master's degree to be a nurse and all the debt that typically goes along with that. So, yeah, um, there is a very, I would say, conscious and clear uh, intent to socially control the citizens by debt uh, and student loans is at the top of that pyramid. Um, you can look at other lend government lending function, uh, 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 other types of government loans, mm -hmm. agriculture loans, uh, particularly with the farmers. Um, you know, the government plays VA loans. Um, the government does certainly play a lot of games with their power as a lender but nothing like what we've seen with student loans. You know, the Department of Education was given a toothpick of power and it is wielding it like a broadsword. It is, it, it's a very disturbing thing. And so, you know, our position on loan cancellation, you know, we're not begging for forgiveness. We don't want free stuff. We're just demanding the rights that the founders demanded that we have. If we can't get that, then, you know, we're not going to call for loan cancellation. We're going to call for loan deletion, something stronger than that. Um, and so if that offends some of your viewers, you know, I think it's an important discussion to have because, I mean, the citizens really do have a duty to stand up to the government when the government becomes tyrannical. And I think we're seeing that here, certainly. There's probably other areas as well. I'm only expert on student loans. Well, I mean, you have, it's been straight up manipulation. You've been having the government pushing this product and then profiting from it. Um, not, not only that, really locking people in. So it's, it's getting to a, a pretty, uh, pretty dramatic point here. And my question would be really, where do you see this going? Uh, I mean, really two parts to this. So this bubble's got to pop. The higher institution bubble has to pop. It can't go on forever. I mean, you have, uh, you and I are talking right now. What, what state are you in? Uh, currently, I'm in Ohio, but I live in Washington, D.C. Okay. Well, I'm in Pennsylvania, but we could be, I mean, you could be in a different country. Maybe we having this conversation. The point being, um, it's very easy to communicate, very easy to, you know, download a lecture, to, to stream a lecture live, whatever. Everything's super overpriced. So just that aspect alone of the education being overpriced that way would bring down the bubble. On top of that, you have these huge debts where people come out of college, they can't afford a house, can't, can't afford a car, can't afford anything. People living with their, living with their parents till they're you know, 40 years old. So how do you see it popping? And then or how long until it pops? And when it does pop, what do you think the aftermath will look like? Well, that's a great question. 
Um, the key difference between, say, the subprime home mortgage crisis and this student loan crisis is that very quickly, the prices of homes crashed. A ton of people got uh, booted. They lost their homes. They lost everything. They walked away naked and broke. Well, with student loans, there are no bankruptcy protections. There are no statutes of limitations. <clears throat> so this is a bubble that doesn't pop, say, on Wall Street, and you know, suddenly the price of college crashes and everybody loses their education. It's just, the, the analogy sort of breaks down there. Because there is no walking away, naked or otherwise, from these student loans. I think it's going to pop in very sinister, um, very socially harmful ways in living rooms across America rather than on the you know, stock ticker of some corporation or another. Um, but I will say, I think what's happening right now as we speak is the entire lending system is losing the confidence and faith of the citizens. So a report just came out in January that showed the default rate for students graduating in 2004 was 40%. And those students back then were only borrowing $13,000 on average. Today's students are borrowing triple that, so $39,000. So if the default rate back then was, was 40%, mm -hmm. I mean, what is it for more recent students? Is it 50? Is it 60? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it 70? Mm, could be. Uh, we're talking about a default rate that is well over 50% as we speak. And so I think, um, I mean, my best guess is that at some point, something like what I just said, you know, assuming bankruptcy protections are not returned, which is the stable, mature, rational, constitutional thing to do. Assuming that does not happen, I think we're going to see people burning their loan papers in public and, um, you know, just refusing to pay, to pay en masse. Mm -hmm. And how the government responds to that is a great question. We've seen what they're doing now down in Texas. If they will, would like to continue flexing that sort of paramilitary muscle against the citizenry, well, um, then that will be a very dystopian road and there will be blood. Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, wants to see that happen. But uh, let's kind of pivot a little bit. And I want to just give you the opportunity to talk about your organization, talk about some of your accomplishments and uh, really just give my listeners some, some background on what student loan justice uh, ha does and what you've been able to do. Sure. Um, yeah, we've been around for 13 years now. Um, started with the top story on 60. I took my research to 60 Minutes, got it on top story, uh, the piece for which Sally May, who I discussed earlier, refused to be interviewed. So it was kind of a slam dunk. Uh, since then, we have been all about very moderately getting the bankruptcy rights back that should have never been taken away. And that's been that's the obvious choice. That's what we're working towards. Mm -hmm. uh, so we tried working with the Democrats for many years with some success. Um, more recently, under the Republican Congress, um, we're working very hard. Uh, we now have a bipartisan bill in the House. It's called H.R. 2366. Republican John Katko, uh, Democrat John Delaney of Maryland are the sponsors. Uh, we are very hopeful that this bill will pass by the end of the year, and we are trying as hard as we can to get the constitutional Republicans, the, the small government Republicans, like Rand Paul, like Justin Amash, people like that, 
on board. Um, somebody's got to stand up to this government tyranny. And I think the Republicans, this is really their calling. So that's what we're working on currently. Um, we've been on Fox News, I think, seven times in the past, like, seven months or so. Uh, we've been on Fox Business. Um, we, have, we now have the Cato Institute on our side. Uh, we have Jeb Bush um, and a growing number of conservatives. But I would urge all your listeners, you know, if you're getting bit by this big government monstrosity, don't suffer in silence. This is nonsense. Uh, the people are far stronger than the government any day, and it may be time to prove that. Join us, studentlawjustice.org. Uh, come to our Facebook group. Um, you can find it. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, and help us fight this because this thing is going to roll right over us if we let it. You know, the government is wielding this power like a sledgehammer, and we've really got to um, really drop the line. With what you talked about earlier, with what's happening in Texas, um, I think that really highlights where we are and where this could go in a, in a very uh, tyrannical fashion. So, you know, this show is called Felony Friday. You know, I hope that we don't get to a point where people with student loans are, are treated as, as felons. You know, I, I don't like the way felons are treated in the first place. Um, so... Well, if I have to do my next podcast from prison, John, hopefully they'll uh, hopefully they'll let me. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I hope it doesn't come to that, Alan. I want to uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, keep up the good fight, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, John. Appreciate all your time, and uh, uh, it was a real pleasure. Thank you guys for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed that show with Alan Collins. And I told you at the top of the show it was going to be a little bit different and it definitely was. Um, although I was a little bit surprised, we did really tie this in directly to criminal justice. I did not realize people were being arrested for not paying their student loans back. But really, it's not surprising. I mean, and it shouldn't be surprising to anyone listening. Because this is a ridiculous issue, a huge issue. What's crazy about it, and we talked about in-depth on the show, so I don't want to rehash everything, but I think people forget about this when they go down the path of saying, well, they made the decision to spend that money, to take on that loan. They made the mistake. They got the education that didn't buy them a job that got an ROI to actually pay back the, the uh, education they got in the first place, can't make the loan payments. It is fair to a certain extent to blame that. But at the same time, there is a system in place, a hierarchical system where you have people at the top in the government um, who are advising everyone to go to college. And even on top of that, they are the ones backing people going to college. So it's a really cronyized uh, government system that this higher education bubble has become. And it's, it's a mess. It is a freaking mess. There's no competition for loans in the private sector for higher education loans. Alan and I talked about a couple ways to fix it, and it's going to be very difficult to fix without the whole thing just coming crashing down, which probably is the most efficient and effective way to fix it if the whole thing would just come crashing down. Because like Alan said, it's not like you would lose your education and it would just go up in flames and, and disappear, you would still have that if it was a valuable education. You could still you know, lean on that. You could still use that uh, on your resume or you know, to get a promotion at work or, or, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but 
the the point being is things need to change. And Alan talked about making it so people can go bankrupt, that you can go bankrupt for uh, not being able to pay back your student loans. Much like if you open a business and you take out $300,000 to open your business and you can't pay that back, you open a restaurant, a bar, or I don't know, a t-shirt, screen printing business, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you can't pay that money back and you're not making money, you're going to go bankrupt. The same thing should be for student loans. That's just how debt works. If you make a decision, I want to spend X amount of dollars to go get this training, also known as college, to get this training in order to apply it to this career, this field, this trade, whatever it is. If that training does not make payments on the loan you took out, then it's it was a bad investment and you should default. You really should, but you can't. It's impossible to default on a student loan, which is ridiculous, and it needs to change. I don't know how it changes, but it needs to. I won't rant anymore. I still need to uh, go and pack for New Orleans, so (laughs) going to New Orleans. It's Thursday night as I record this and finish up with the finishing touches on this wonderful podcast episode that is tickling your eardrums right now. Tomorrow, yes, tomorrow, Friday, as you're listening to this, I will be on my way to NOLA for the Libertarian National Convention, meeting my good friend and colleague Mark Clare there, as well as a bunch of other awesome libertarians. I'm excited to meet a bunch of people from the Lions of Liberty Forum, the Lions Lions of Liberty Pride, who are going to be there as well. Uh, We might put together a little informal meetup. It would be cool to uh, have some drinks and uh, chat liberty with you guys. So hopefully that comes together Keep your ear to the ground in the forum or the pride, the Facebook groups, and we'll pull something together if at all possible. That's all I got. Seriously, it's all I have right now. I need to go pack. So <laughs> I will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for listening. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fire is a liberty burning. <laughs>